Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated coming up here in a moment. Your daily assist. We'll talk to him about as, you know, the plans have been laid, Gordon, and uh, tests have been given and the facilities have reopened some anyway. But uh, this is a big week because teams are going to travel. So this thing is finally kind of getting underway this week. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... We've been waiting a long time for this, Jake. No doubt about it. All right, it's time for your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NBA Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now from Sports Illustrated is our friend Chris Mannix. Hey, Chris, how did the holiday weekend go for you? Uh, good. I mean, whatever holidays count for these days, everything just seems to... <laughs> Groundhog's Day over and over again, so um, no no issues. I got to admit, I just stayed home for three consecutive days. That's how I celebrated. Yeah, that's kind of what I. And I'm lucky. I mean, I, I'm quite proud of the people of Massachusetts who have like I really turned it around in the states. I think it is the lowest number of coronavirus cases in the country, and that's largely because you know Massachusetts and New York, for that matter, have been really good at, at mask wearing and keep it shut down for a long period of time so hopefully it stays that way unfortunately that's not the case here not uh, they're still putting up a ton of numbers at least per capita here in utah that's got to get switched around but i gotta ask you this chris i thought of you have you seen did you watch the hamilton movie i did not um i've been meaning to as someone that lived in new york city for a long time and probably would have gone or found a way to get tickets if i was still living there i I, uh, I I missed it. It's on Disney Plus, so I've got Disney Plus. It's uh, on my to-do list. We all, all three of us watched it, and uh, we all loved it. So uh, I think you probably yeah. would, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, again, on one of these Groundhog Day, just repeat after itself. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll, when, when I go, I'm going to be one of the bubble people uh, reporters there. So when I'm in there, just sitting by myself, <laughs> I will uh, I will watch that. Chris, Gordon and I were just talking about this. This week, you know, with all the plans, things get in motion a little bit more this week. A Kind of a big step, actually, where actual travel down to the Orlando bubble uh, happens. We know the Jazz are, are leaving tomorrow. Your thoughts? I mean, is this just one of those moments where you keep your fingers crossed and hope another step kind of comes and goes? Yeah, you do. But there are strong reasons to feel optimistic about where the NBA is heading with all this. You've got... Um, look, it's right, it was right around 5%, 7% of, of players tested that tested positive. That seems like a high number, but I can tell you that NBA officials expected it to be 
maybe double that, if not more. So they were happy with that number. Um, the, the Toronto Raptors have been in Central Florida for the better part of the last two weeks. And to my knowledge, nobody's tested positive you know, among the Raptors. So that's uh, certainly a, a trend in the right direction. And look, you can look at the German Basketball League, what's going on with the Chinese Basketball League. They've created bubbles of their own. Uh, they've gone off largely without a hitch. So, look, anything can happen can change, of course. But, you know, you have to look at the evidence, and the evidence is at least trending in the right direction for the NBA. Are you ready now, Chris, to start uh, sort of focusing in on on uh, basketball issues and what's going to happen on the court? Have you gotten there yet? Are you starting to tear these teams apart again and reminding yourself where they were when it stopped and where they might go? Yeah, I mean, less about where they were when it stopped than where they are and where they might go. And, I mean, look, there's, there's so much difference. I mean, we've talked about this. I saw, you know, an interview Ben Simmons did where he said he's stronger now than he was at the start of the season. Um, you know, you've got the Blazers with two key players in their front court coming back. I mean, I, I'm very interested to see once these teams hit Orlando – and start, you know, unofficial training camp, you know, how it all goes, what do they look like? Because you can hear all you want and from what players say and, you know, what guys are saying on the team about other players. It, it doesn't matter until you see them get in these scrimmages, you see them get out there on the floor, and you really get a, a glimpse of, of what they are. So I, I'm starting to, you know, I'm not, I'm really considering what has already happened. It's more about what uh, is going to happen and what these guys look like. Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated, with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And throughout all this, Chris, we've talked to you about kind of the drama and the relationship with Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert. And the Jazz have been doing media availability via Zoom. And we've heard from Donovan and Rudy, and both you know, have said that they're willing to move on and kind of pull in the same direction. Uh, how, I guess, how important is it that those guys like each other, if at all? I think it's important for the long-term health of the relationship, Um they don't need to be best friends. I mean, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons aren't best friends. I mean, you can go across the league. I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry weren't best friends last year, but they were on the same page and they were friendly. So, you know, it, it, it worked in that way. I Look, at some point, the whole story is going to kind of spill out. I mean, you can tell from listening in on these Zoom calls and, and reading the quotes that they're still – you know, significant friction, especially when it comes to how Donovan Mitchell feels about Rudy Gobert. I mean, I'm just, I'm almost dying to know the, the whole scope of the story about exactly, you know, what triggered Mitchell. Is it just that he feels that Gobert passed on coronavirus to him? Or is it, you know, how he did it and the carelessness with, with which he did it? Um, but there's clearly some friction that still exists between those two players. I think this season you kind of get through it and, like the Jazz losing Bogdanovic, it, like it effectively takes them out of any kind of real title contention. Uh, but next year and beyond, when those contracts come up, uh, you, you've got to make a decision on you know, whether these two guys can coexist for the next four or five years of their playing careers. Chris, uh, first of all, let me say that I'm in full support of it, and I think the Jazz are in full support of it. As far as Mike Conley, his wife, is expecting – and going to have a child, uh, well, uh, we, nobody ever knows for sure, but it's going to come in the middle of play in the bubble. 
do you have any problem with him ducking out for a while for such an important thing, even though he'll have to wait to go through the protocol to get back in? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good question, and, you know, you hate to sound like the guy that says, well, what, you know, what about the team and, and the playoff future? But the reality is, under the current rules, even with an excused absence, if you do the bare minimum of, like, a two-day trip back and forth to from Orlando to Salt Lake City, for, you know, I believe for four days, once you get back, that's the minimum amount of time before you get back out there on the floor. I mean, Boston's going to deal with it with Gordon Hayward. I mean, Gordon Hayward is going to have his fourth child sometime in September, and he made it clear that he's going to fly back to Boston uh, for that. And look, I mean, the reality is that if you're in a – and look, I think it's probably more of a likelihood for a team like Boston than it is for a team like Utah just because of, you know, the player they lost to Bogdanovic. I think it's a big hit for him, for them. Uh, but the Celtics, you know, you expect them to be there in that second round. And Gordon Hayward – is extremely important to how that team plays offensively. So, I look, I, I know that from talking to league and team officials that there's a hope that over the next two months that we get a nationwide handle, and certainly a statewide handle in Florida, on this coronavirus, these numbers tick down, so that maybe that quarantine window isn't quite as big. I mean, I've said this to you guys before. That document the league you know, put out, the 113-page memo, I mean, that was written in pencil, not pen. Like, there's going to be myriad changes to it as it's a working document throughout. So I think there's a hope that maybe um, in, into September you could have a situation where they fly in, they fly back, and if they're getting tested every single day, it's only a one-day quarantine and not a four-plus. Chris Mannix with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Chris, you mentioned uh, Portland and getting healthier, and maybe they could uh, have an opportunity to win some games. They are still... Uh, three and a half games back of Memphis for the eighth spot. And I've kind of been operating under the the, the thought that it's going to be tough for some of these teams closer to the bottom to win games because they're all of a sudden uh, going to be the, the worst team in the league. You know, there's no longer those, those uh, guaranteed Ws out there. How hard do you think it's going to be to make up ground if you're on the outside looking in? You know, it, it's hard to say because it's not about the schedule as much as about where those teams are kind of are at individually during the schedule. So, you know, for example, if you're, you know, playing, you know, a team at the top, like say you're, you're the Wizards, you're playing Boston. If you get Boston in, you know, game seven or eight of this regular season, they're locked in to that number two seed. They may not play their guys. They may elect to sit Kemba Walker and, you know, Gordon Hayward and some others to get them an extra day of rest uh, in between. It's, it's kind of similar if you're a team playing Washington. Like, if you're Washington, if you lose the first three games, you may say, screw it, I'm going to just sit down, you know, Bradley Beal for the duration. There's really no need to, to risk one of our best players, maybe our best player, to, you know, play out the string with this. So it's, it's just hard to say how, how difficult those games are going to be because just, you just don't know what these teams are going to decide, how, who they're going to play at different, uh, different parts of it. Even though it makes a lot of sense what you said, uh, Chris, you were the first one that I really heard put it into solid words that players that players and teams coming back might struggle from the three-point line, and that could affect yeah. the way this this scenario plays out. Do you still feel that way? Oh, and then some. It, it, it's going to be awful. And I think I said this to you guys before, but it's going to be college basketball level awful. Like, college basketball stinks. 
and it's going to be as bad as college basketball with this perimeter shooting. I just don't believe it. I mean, look, these guys are – we're into July right now, and the most these guys have done has been individual work. They haven't done five-on-five stuff. They haven't done full scrimmaging. They're not going to do that for at least another few days, if not a week. Um, I just don't see how you get your skills back. I don't see it, especially when, for the most part, you've spent the better part of the last three-plus months doing nothing and certainly not honing your skills in the way that you've done your entire professional careers. I mean, look, shooting is a perishable skill, and maybe you don't lose it completely um, in the span of a few months, but you can see it diminish. So I'm telling you, look at those teams at the top of the standings that are at least the top of the three-point shooting standings, whether it's Houston, Milwaukee. I mean, those are teams that could be vulnerable if those guys come back and instead of shooting in the mid to high 30s, they're shooting high 30 or low 30s, high 20s. And I think that's that's very realistic um, as we come back into the this, this season. Isn't that one of the reasons you thought that the Sixers might be dangerous because of the different ways they go about scoring other than that? Yeah, I mean, they look, all season long, all we've said is that the Sixers can't shoot. Well, now everybody can't shoot, so no big deal. Like, and you've got Simmons back, and you've got a proven post player. I mean, I, I think that it's very possible that the most effective teams could be throwback type of teams, teams that have – a big man you can throw the ball into and get a high percentage shot. I mean, Joel Embiid, at least in theory, is that type of big man. If you're reliant on perimeter shooting, uh, I, look, I, again, you don't know what, what these, these teams are going to look like until they start playing, but if you're overly reliant on perimeter shooting, I think you're gonna, you could have some problems. Chris Mannix with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And uh, Chris, Gordon and I were talking in a previous segment about Patrick Mahomes, 10 years, 400, supposedly supposedly worth $450 million. And we were talking about how Patrick Mahomes is so good. He's one of those players that you just give him as much money as you possibly can give him for as long as you possibly can give it to him. He has that much value. how many players are there in the NBA that are like that? I would imagine, you know, LeBron, you give him as much money as you possibly could, but how many players in the NBA are actually qualified for that or worth that? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point you have to look further down on the age spectrum. Patrick Holmes, I'm sure, is what, early 20s. You've got to look at those types of guys and who you would hand it to. Like, I'm, you clearly wouldn't hand LeBron a 10-year deal at whatever dollar figure uh, at this point, but if you're looking further down at you know, the Jason Tatum's, even you know Donovan Mitchell, like if you if the Jazz could sign Donovan Mitchell to a 10-year deal, they probably would. I mean, the Celtics, if they could sign Tatum to a 10-year deal, they probably would. I mean, it's you just want to get these guys locked down for as long as humanly possible. And in fact, that's why I think that in the years to come, it's kind of going a little bit off topic, but in the years to come, I think you're going to see the NBA when they reopen the collective bargaining agreement try to get back the six-year deals. Remember, like, 15, 20 years ago, whenever it was that they, you know, had their, their nuclear winter when it came to negotiating, the NBA hated those deals. They hated six-year deals. They didn't like the fact that the Stephon Marbury's and the Jermaine O'Neal's would basically be decomposing at the end of, of benches. Now, because, you know, this sort of player empowerment movement, they want these deals. They want these guys to sign, you know, six-year deals so they can get them locked down for the long term. So I think in the NBA, you're going to see uh, longer term deals uh, be front and center for the league as they start to renegotiate some of these terms. Yeah, Chris, I remember, didn't I, unless I'm making this up in my mind, I thought I remembered Magic Johnson signing a 25 year deal for $1 million a year way back when or whatever. So, uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, there, there, were some, there were some goofy deals. I mean, this, one of the, 
the smart things the league did and was able to do was that rookie salary cap. Because if you remember the 90s, you, know, you had guys that had never played a sec in the NBA getting six-year deals at, at you know, $50 million and things like that. So you know, that's, that's something you want to keep out. But if you can sign guys, look, I, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn saying that everybody in Salt Lake City would love to get Donovan Mitchell's name on a contract for 10-plus years. I mean, however long, like you'll roll the dice that Mitchell won't suffer a career-ending injury to get him to sign a contract that, you know, takes all that will-he-leave-a-small-market stuff out for the duration of his prime. One last question from me, Chris. You talked about the offensive coordination that needs to be uh, taken care of and and grown, and and you said shooting is a perishable skill. What about the defensive end and the coordination there? How how long does that take to get back together? Yeah, it's good. It's a good question. I don't. I think it's probably easier to get back, especially for teams that have played together for a number of years. Um, If you have that chemistry. Look, you don't practice team defense in the off season, so you you kind of pick it up once again as you get back into the mix. So, I think if you're a team and Utah's certainly one of them that has a core group of players that's used to playing with each other, it's going to be a lot easier. Similarly with Philadelphia, I mean they've been around together uh, for a number of years, have at least three lockdown defenders in Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Josh Richardson. So, um, you know that that again another team that could win. You know, one of those 90 to 85 type street fights, but I think that's less a concern than you know finding your offensive groove and you know keeping those ungodly you know three point shooting numbers out of the box score. Chris, as always, we appreciate you checking in. Thank you very much. I'll be in the bubble next week, fellas. So all I'll right, time my hand. All Stay right. safe. Hey, good Stay luck. Safe. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> you got it, Chris Mannix. Our friend from Sports Illustrated, Chris, is going under. Bubble boy. Next week. That'll be... Can, can we reach him by phone through the bubble? Or are we allowed to do that? You know, we... Uh, I, I would guess so. I don't think they're... <laughs> I don't think you I don't can know. transmit coronavirus over the phone, Gordon. <laughs> I hope not. No. Uh, but I, I think Sam said he was going. Uh, Chris said he was going. It, um, I can't remember. Did Howard tell us if he had decided? I think yet? Howard was going to sit it out. Sam said that he... I think he's going to go for the second half. But anyway, I think it'll be really cool to live that experience through the perspective of our daily assist guests. And in fact, I believe uh, our five o'clock guest, Aaron Falk, is also going. So maybe we can get some of those first person perspectives during this whole thing, Gordon. I think I think that'll be really fascinating. Yeah. Just describing what it looks like, what it uh, what what they observe with the way the teams are situated in the hotels and what kind of interactions going on between them and how many players are sneaking girlfriends in, you know, that kind of thing. How, how long the lines are at the ping pong table because you can only play singles. <laughs> you get there. It could be twice as got, long. You got 35 tables set up, right? I mean, but your you know, winner stays and you're 15 back in line because you've got to do it one at a time. You know, it's frustrating for me to hear, Chris, I'm happy for the state of Massachusetts but the fact that places like that are getting this uh, this virus under control because people are willing to wear masks, and then to see again today over what do we have five hundred and seventy some more cases and six more deaths, you know, it just you you, you want, I don't can't we find a way here to subject our cry for liberty to uh, to get this thing under control. Uh, I don't know, Gordon. I guess we're finding that out. 
Yes, we are. Are masks the reason they're on the decline in Massachusetts? I don't know. Have they had a that's, mask mandate that's for— would, uh, that's, that's what I would imagine is that. Well, that's what he said. Uh, let's see. 517 new today. Uh, tests 4534, 11.4% positive rate. So there's the numbers. Just to be accurate. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Time for a bas- back to basketball update. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Back-to-basketball update brought to you by Zions Bank. Let's start out with Matt Harpring's thoughts. Of course, Matt uh, of AT&T Sportsnet fame talking about what he's most interested in watching with the Orlando bubble. Utah has always had a great home court advantage and players talk about it all the time. Well, now everyone's kind of be on an even playing field. I do think that's huge. You're going to get teams obviously fighting for the playoffs. You're going to get teams like the Lakers. You know, how much do they want to play minutes without limiting risk on the injury? You know, so you don't know exactly what happened. But I do think the injury to Bogdanovich, it's going to hurt the Jazz. There's no doubt about that. He's a great player and he's a huge part of the team. There's going to be some points in production that are going to need to be increased by other players than just Rudy and Donovan. The NBA is going to start uh, scrimmages, restart scrimmages from July 22nd to the 28th. There'll be three inner squad scrimmages, including uh, the Jazz. First one will be on July 23rd. That is a Thursday. And they'll be scrimmaging against the Phoenix Suns at 8 o'clock. And that is another back-to-basketball update brought to you by Zions Bank. For the bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. I want to remind you about our good friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs, it's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. In fact, uh, our friend Gabe from Syringa is going to be on the show coming up on Wednesday, Gordon. So always look forward to uh, talking with our boy Gabe. All right, additional information continues to uh, come out about uh, Patrick Mahomes' deal. Gordon, you ready for this? Yeah. Although I've got to – you might have to explain this to me because I don't understand something. Okay. Uh, This from Adam Schefter. Final Patrick Mahomes deal, 10-year extension worth up to $503 million. It includes a $477 million in guarantee mechanisms and the ability for Mahomes to have outs if guarantee mechanisms aren't exercised. Such as? I don't know. That's the detail. (laughs) Are mechanisms 
would that be uh, guaranteed rewards, bonuses, if he performs at a certain level? Correct, uh, I think. But but think about that for a second. That wouldn't be guaranteed, now would it? Right. He's got it's it's locked in. It's guaranteed if he does it. But he it's not guaranteed if he doesn't do it. Right. So that that that's why that's misleading so, language. I think guaranteed so where, mechanisms. So where's that line? Where's that? When's where's that line for him? Where? How much of it is guaranteed? Guaranteed. I don't know. Haven't seen it yet. I, even though Schefter says final details, I would imagine. There's got to be some guaranteed, guaranteed. And then there's some sort of between the 477 that, that where the mechanisms are guaranteed up to 503. So there's 30-some million, a paltry 30 million that's involved in non-guarantee monies that uh, – and I don't know what those would be. I guess. I, I'm, I'm kind of confused about this because it doesn't – it doesn't sound like that 477 is guaranteed. I mean, if it were guaranteed, guaranteed, I mean, that's an incredible amount of money. But mm-hmm. guarantee mechanisms, that's really confusing because that yeah. would not be guaranteed. That'd be that'd be almost like a uh, – uh, remember when uh, Ricky Williams was represented by Master P coming out of college and he signed that deal <laughs> with the Saints that was all incentives? You remember that? I do. It was like a fairly groundbreaking deal at the time in a sense that it, it had never really been done all that much. It didn't really catch on. But I can't imagine that this is that type of deal where to get that 477, he has to reach all these milestones or he gets nothing. There's got to be some sort of guarantee in there. Yeah, yeah. There is. There would be. There's no way he's going to sign it otherwise. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what is what. I, we'll, we'll probably find that out as time goes by. Do you know what the what's the most amount of money any NFL player has ever ever made in one year? Uh, it'd have to be who was the highest paid player this year? Jared Goff. And how much did he make? Uh, let's see. You know, Gordon. Yes. You talk for a minute if you're going to make well, me Google something. The reason I bring that up is I thought I read somewhere that somebody made fifty million in one year or some something around that number, and I have no idea whether that's accurate or not. Now, come to think of it, but uh, I, I was just factoring in if if uh, it, let's say that four hundred million is guaranteed, then that's a guaranteed forty million dollars a year, absolutely guaranteed. And that's that's lofty territory. Now, you bring up a good point, Jake, about these what we think is so lofty uh, one decade may not be so lofty in a different decade. But I, I just it's hard for me to wrap my mind around contracts that would go way beyond what we're hearing for Patrick Mahomes so that it wouldn't be a good idea for him to sign that long a deal. All right. In 2019, Gordon. Russell Wilson was numero uno at $35 million. Okay, all right. Number two was your boy Big Ben at $34 million. Rogers. Now, is that, is that, is that include bonuses and everything else that's I think, possible? I, I mean, again, a quick Google search. This is from mm-hmm. For the Win, so I, I'm not sure. Uh, Jared Goff at 33.5. Carson Wentz at 32. Matty Ice still making 30 mil. Kirk Cousins at 28. So I guess the answer to your question would be Russell Wilson at $35 million. Mm, okay. 
Well, that sounds like a pretty sweet deal for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Good for him. I don't know how much of that money comes from uh, the hard-earned wages of season ticket holders in Kansas City, but I suppose those that are into watching football there are happy to pay it. Yeah, I suppose I would imagine ticket prices are going to go up a little bit there. Yeah. Got to pay for that somehow. Half a billion dollars. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it's pretty wild. It's just, it's just, I, I, I remember back when players would make 100000 in one year and people thought that was a lot of money. Hmm. All right, Gordon. Hey, we just had uh, Chris Mannix on with us. Of course, our NBA Daily Assist. And uh, Chris as well as uh, Sam Amick uh, last week, and, and to a lesser extent, I think, Coward Beck, all kind of had a similar answer when we asked about Rudy and Donovan's relationship, mm-hmm. whereas they, they kind of all said, ooh, geez, does not look good, does not sound good, but then downplayed how much that mattered. Mm-hmm. Are, are, you, uh, are you any closer to coming to a conclusion of, I mean, what that relationship needs to be? I'm not sure. I I do think that there. I think guys are reading that correctly, but to what degree I don't know. Uh, I I you know, it's isn't it easy just to come back and say yeah we're all together we're 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 feeling all right. Um, uh, it, it seems like it was stilted a little bit. The comments were very stilted. I not, like that not, word. Not not very warm. Uh, but whether that's a, the, the proper perception, I don't know. And where it goes from here and where it can go, I think Chris hit the nail on the head when he said it. You know, they just have to be able to function together. But he said in the long-term health of these guys, then it is important. And the reason I think that was good is because he was agreeing with something that that you and I said earlier in the show. So I guess we're all of one mind that that is the case. But if it, and if it's not in good shape, then then that could uh, that could wear guys out after a while. Oh, I think I think you said this last week. I can't remember what day, but this situation is going to magnify it one way or another, don't you think? I mean, if if this relationship is what it is going into this thing, it's going to either get a lot better or a lot worse, based on the situation, just because it's so close quartered, and yeah. and you don't have a release to go home or or you know, go out and grab a beer or whatever NBA players choose to do to kind of get away for a minute. There's going to be no getting away. Mm-hmm. I mean, that and possibly for a really long period of time. I mean, mm-hmm. this this Gordon and I, I know we've said this before. This is going to be a fascinating social experiment. I wish they could make <laughs> a reality show about it. Because it really is. I mean, what teams, you know, what team situations are going to be much more amplified by this whole thing? Well, think about maybe our average listener can relate to this if we put it, okay, what if it was your office? What if it was the people you work with? Right. It'd be complicated. And you were stuck in a bubble somewhere. I'll tell you what, Gordon, on some days where you and I get at it pretty good, the last thing I want to do is move in with you. Well, the good thing, (laughs) well, they're not not bunking up together. But they're going to be basically roommates for the, for the next month. Well, you know they're I mean? hotel mates, they're, I mean, and there are 
six or seven other teams staying at the same hotel. So if you don't like one guy, you probably could avoid him. Yeah, by by what? Going to a different team and running him down? No, you don't have to run anybody down. You just have to go have fun with whoever you're hanging with. But but what happens if who you're hanging with, you go, you know what? I'm not real happy with how this is going. My contract's up in a couple of years. Let's make a plan on it. Well, I mean, if you want to be real cynical about it, I guess that could happen. Cynical, that's reality. Yeah, that's what I, I brought think... up with you last week. Remember the dream team yeah. where LeBron put yeah. it all together? I get it, but I don't think that... Donovan's going to go running off to guys on another team and say, ah, you know, I really can't stand Rudy Gobert. You know, if he's got a problem with Rudy, I I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive, but I don't think he's going to go tell uh, members of other teams all about it and spill his guts. I don't know what he'd do, but why not? Because what good does that do? What good does that do who? What good does that do Donovan if he were to do that? This is all hypothetical, Of course, of course. Well, maybe he'd feel better. (laughs) Really complaining about somebody behind their back is going to make you feel better? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's just going to be unique. They're all going to be there in the same area 24-7. And and you you think? Treat them like, you know, you view them like human beings, where how would we react to that? I mean, it would amplify some problems is what it would do. Mm, and create it, new ones. Yes, Gordon, you need could. to you need to watch could, the real but, world. But, you need to get into that reality show. Just watch a season world. of that. Watch a season <laughs> of that and find out what can happen when you lock people into the same uh, uh, housing for well, an extended period exactly of time. Well, they're not exactly locked in. That's my point. They can get away from each other. They'll be to go where? Like uh, spend some extra time in the bathroom? I mean. <laughs> Well, like, Where are they mean? going? Can't they go? Can't Where? They wander around? That's a big area, isn't it? Wander around? Like take a nature walk? <laughs> well, will you make it sound like the, the Boy Scout troop is going to be all lined up and we're all going to be taking that walk together. They don't have to be on top of each other. They have no distractions. No family to distract them from it. <laughs> So it's either lock yourself in your room and watch movies or what? Okay, so what can we do? Let's see what we can do to uh, warm up this relationship. What? what uh, uh, I have to ask my, my daughter. that She's a life coach. She's into that stuff. I'll, 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 maybe, I'll, maybe I should write about it and come up with solutions so that these two can can communicate better and, and, and draw closer together, you know, even in a bubble. You know what? 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 What are the solutions to this? Uh, because you know, come on, it doesn't have to be acrimonious. It doesn't have to be. I mean, you can't stand Austin, and look how good you work together with him. Yeah, pulling in the same direction. Sure, you can't. I thought Gordon couldn't stand me. No, did. no I do. No, I, I've always told you I I like you, Austin. I don't, it doesn't mean that Austin just doesn't run me down constantly to the other shows. Well, see, that's a character flaw, and I, know, I don't. I don't I'm think not, so. I'm He's blowing he, off steam. I'm dif- I'm difficult to deal with, man. I, I, I I'm very yeah, I'm very high maintenance. Yeah, that's I, Jake Scott. I do not blame Austin for for uh, being uh, a little worked up sometimes. But, but don't we all? Kinda, I forget to we, read we, liners, and he needs to you know I, express his frustration. It's fine. It's fine. Jake, if I came to you and I started complaining to you about Austin behind Austin's back, 
that's a bad look. That's a bad vibe all the way around. You mean again? And that's why. That's why I don't know why so many people do it. Be, what are you doing that for? Why are you complaining about somebody behind their back? I don't care what Austin thinks. Austin's the least gifted producer I've ever had. Austin is fat. I know. Those are all. That's all jokes. None of that is true. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I just. I don't feel comfortable doing that, and and especially since we all work together. I, I I don't know why so many people feel like they need to gossip or need to run each other down. It, it, there's nothing good that comes from that. You're right, Gordon. I don't think there will be any gossiping in that bubble. None. Uh, I'm not saying it won't happen. Not I just don't happen. understand. I'm just saying I don't understand what the usefulness of it is. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, though. <laughs> because you don't understand but, doesn't let, mean it's buy, not going to buy, exist. Oh, I, I know. I'm not saying it's not going to exist. It's going to exist. It just doesn't do any good. Nope. But but they're not going to be on. They don't have to lock arms and walk everywhere together. I mean, that, 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 it's a big enough space where they can. If 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 one teammate wants to go do something, he doesn't have to do it with all his teammates. Okay. Right? Uh, I don't know. I'm not there, but I, I, I think living in the close close quarters is gonna is gonna have some interesting repercussions. And that's all I said when we started this conversation. That I'll be curious. Right. So, if I'm Jazz fans, I'm hoping that Donovan and Rudy aren't making an exit strategy with another franchise because I think the opportunity will be there to do just that. Well, I mean, yeah, but Donovan's stuck here for another three years at least. Mm-hmm. And how I'll many? How many? Uh, how many years have other jazz players been patiently planning their time out of town? All I can t- speak to is Donovan is here for, he the, is. for the foreseeable future. So, well, he's got was it four more years? Yeah, four more. Well, he's right? got one more on his existing contract, and then eligible for uh, an extension at minimum of three years. Yeah, so he's here. Rudy's deal is up after what next season? He's eligible. Yes, he's eligible for his extension this year. Mm-hmm. All right, stay tuned. Not sports report next. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 1280 The zone and the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is a Monday. That means it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE, and correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50, and you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game, brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers right here on the Zone Sports Network. Time now for the Not Sports Port, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, first of all, uh, that's sort of a reverse Casey Kasem situation there that Austin bringing us into a fun segment with a song that's about uh, uh, a man having to say bye-bye to his baby because of an auto accident. Baby meaning his girlfriend, not actual baby. Right. But, uh, yeah. They do it to me every time, man. They do it to me. Get Phil on the phone or whatever his name is. Don. Don. Get Don on the phone. <laughs> Close. 
Anyway, okay. First of all, you brought this to my attention earlier. I hadn't really realized it, but Charlie Daniels passed away. So that's not a happy note, but that's not the thrust of my non-sports report. But I wanted to pay tribute to Charlie Daniels. What's your favorite Charlie Daniels song? 83 years old. What? What's your favorite Charlie Daniels song? I really don't. The Devil Goes Down to Georgia or something? He did a song called Uneasy Rider, which I think is great. Speaking of uh, recording artists, do you know now that the Dalai Lama is one? No. Like music or uh, the spoken word? What? The Dalai Lama made a bid for music chart stardom on Monday, his 85th birthday, with the release of an album of mantras and teachings. Mm. Inner World is the name of it. It kicks off with uh, with the track, One of My Favorite Prayers. <laughs> Sorry, uh, all due respect, and continues with the uh, with the. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why this is funny. Uh, with the uh, <laughs> exiled uh, Tibet, Tibetan spiritual leader reciting meditations and sayings with accompanying music. <laughs> so, <laughs> This just strikes my funny bone for some reason. The record came about when musician Janelle Kunin, a student at the Dalai Lama, of the Dalai Lama from New Zealand, contacted him in 2015 with the idea. And much to her surprise, he said, yes. And uh, now on a promotional video for the album, when it asked why he had agreed to take part, the wise one answered, quote, the very purpose of my life is to serve as much as I can. So, so my question is, would you buy <laughs> a recording of uh, the Dalai Lama uh, reciting one of my favorite prayers? Uh, <laughs> sure. He seems to have a pretty decent message. All right, that's just that's just I didn't expect the Dalai Lama to to just for us to see him on you know Casey Kasem's top forty. Whatever you've got to do to reach people, right? I guess. Uh, do you know anything about the Dalai Lama? Do you know anything about what he stands for? Oh, I mean, is how many Dalai Lamas have there been? <laughs> you know, I'm not is sure. It, is that a name or is that a title? Uh, the Dalai Lama. I think it's a title. Well, I guess I could be wrong about that. I follow him on Twitter. I used to. I lost interest after a while. But maybe I should. So Lost interest in the Dalai Lama? Yeah. I I mean, I get plenty of advice in my life. I guess I don't need to hear it from an 85-year-old Tibetan That's enough out of you, Lama. Unfollow. (laughs) What? What does he? What does he tweet? Remind me. It just seemed like there used to be these little sort of trite sayings. Uh, yeah. I mean, sayings, sure. Do you remember the last thing he tweeted out that you happened to notice? I don't. Not off the top of my head. Hmm. Do you? 
He's a big hitter, the what, llama. What, what caused you to unfollow? What what could the Dalai Lama possibly have said that you were like, you know what, that's it? <laughs> it was something against New Mexico Lobos, wasn't I've, it? I've had it with you. <laughs> the, the big hit on the track is one of my oh, favorite Lobos. prayers. <laughs> one of my favorite prayers. I mean, <laughs> what? I, I, I have no idea why you follow, find this so funny. I mean, why, why would I buy a record that has something called one of my favorite prayers on it? Well, I don't know. Maybe if you were a follower of the Dalai Lama, you would <laughs> what probably... He... And, and by the way, there are millions of those. <laughs> so I don't understand what you find so funny. I don't know. Just a, a recording artist now. I don't know. I could just see it on, you know, on some TV station that nobody watches. Did you see like one of those promotional? Didn't deals you used to watch where, the Larry Ferrari Hour, sir? Where the Dalai Lama's big hits <laughs> rolling down the screen, and you can look at all of one of my favorite prayers. You know, one of my best mantras. One of my best, uh, you know, chants. <laughs> I just, wow! I just find that funny. I, I, I'm not. I'm not making fun of the Dalai Lama in any way. What he says, it's just that I never really thought of the Dalai Lama being a recording artist. Is all, you know. In fact, I'm surprised there isn't some band out there that named himself named itself the Dalai Lama. Or maybe it's maybe it's uh, copyrighted. I don't know. Hmm. But, <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm... The first time I ever became aware of the Dalai Lama was uh, from Bill Murray. You know? That's the first time you became aware of the Dalai Lama? I think so. When I saw that. But that was like back in 1980. Hey, a big hitter. Which you were like 45 at that point. How Were you living <laughs> underground? No, I just, I'm not a student of the Dalai Lama. What? What? What is it? What is what what does he do? What is his uh, overall view? Is it uh, is it what kind of uh, what denomination is it? It's Buddhism, is it not? It is Buddhism. Uh, here's his latest tweet, Gordon. Tell me where where this really crosses the line for you. <laughs> Peace means no disturbance, no danger. It relates to our mental attitude. If we have a calm mind, obstacles will be less disruptive. What's important to realize is that ultimate uh, ultimately, peace of mind is within us. It takes a warm heart and using our our intelligence. Blocked and How recorded. Dare you? <laughs> And you want to put that message via song? <laughs> Shut up and pray. Not, not. Uh, that's the most hilarious thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Stick to religion. No, I never thought. I never thought that what what was presented wasn't uh, of worth to somebody. But I, I just, I don't know. I just, I remember getting those all the time. And after a while, I just said, okay, I've had, a, I've had enough of those. All human beings have the capacity to be determined and to direct that determination in whatever direction they like. Realizing we have this potential gives us fundamental strength, enabling us to deal with any difficulty, whatever situation we are facing, without losing hope. You don't tell me what to How do, Dolly. dare you? <laughs> Unfollowed. Immediately. I can't stand for this type of vitriol. Not, not on this radio show. Did the llama follow you back? <laughs> Stay tuned. We're going to wow. talk to Aaron Falk coming up no. next. This is a I conversation got, I, I never thought You don't belong have. to a weird I mean, religion. Seriously. <laughs> uh.
I can only take so much weird religion. And, and by the way, life. hasn't the choir for that religion produced like dozens of albums? Bestsellers. Yeah, yeah but this guy's doing chants. They've won a recording. Grammy, I think. <laughs> Wait, they're they're doing gonna... chants, so they they choose to sing in a different way, and that makes it funny. Okay, no, uh, no. Just, Aaron Falk's next. When he's Maybe. belting out, when he's belting out his prayer, does he have like air supply playing in the background? Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. <laughs>